Okay, welcome back to our podcast, The Mac and Wooly Show, a podcast where we discuss and explore the intersection of spirituality and business leadership. I'm Jennifer Wooly, one of your hosts. And I'm Nydia McGregor, your other host. Today, we'll be talking about organizational humanity. Okay, now, I have a problem. Um, only one? Rub. You only well, have one? Obviously not. <laughs> that goes without saying. Um, but when you say organizational humanity... And I remember this the first time you, you proposed this topic. I'm like, um, I'm pretty sure that's an oxymoron. Okay. And that's the problem. Seriously. Because people don't talk about organizations and the humane in the same sentence. I mean, we've talked about human resources, but I doubt people have heard about organizational humanity. And isn't that weird, though? Our firms, our schools, our, our clubs, all of our organizations are filled with, with people, with humans. Well, how, how do we expect to run them without working with the very humanity that the organization relies on to achieve its goals? And from what I understand, and I had to look this up, so correct me if I'm wrong, organizational humanity, organizational humanity says that organizations exist to fulfill a purpose for its stakeholders, internal and external, and some leaders, it seems, are beginning to embrace this a little bit more. So Max Dupree, the um, former CEO of Herman Miller, you know, the furniture, um, said leaders owe a covenant to the organizations or institutions, which is, after all, a group of people. And that covenants bind people together and enable them to meet the corporate needs by meeting the needs of one another. So do you think that since Herman Miller makes those fabulous cushy desk, desk chairs for work that Dupree wanted to make sure all the jobs there were cushy? Or maybe to make sure that everybody has a seat at the table. <laughs> ah, sorry, couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Uh, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> I digress. Okay, seriously. Uh, <laughs> Dupree seems to be saying that there is a business case for organizational humanity. In other words, he's suggesting that meeting employees and customers' human needs translates into meeting the firm's needs or profits. Now, do you buy that? I mean, do you think that's really, that's what he's getting at, but do you think that's really something that's true? Well, personally, yes. And I think, you know, that's really what we teach, the, the human side of organizations, Um and even my research looks at shaping organizations around or being grounded by values, uh, respecting the human experience of their employees. And and I, I actually look at supply chain as well. And um, to contribute something beyond ourselves, you know, make a positive impact for not only the firm, but the employees and their communities. And um, from what I understand, other research has actually borne this out as well. So there was a recent study at uh, University of Michigan and when leaders adopted a human-centered view of using practices that emphasize culture of respect, you know, trust, compassion, wisdom, the performance of the organization actually increased along with individual well-being. Yes, I, I saw that study too, um, and I've and I've heard of other studies that sort of that build on the same theme, right? Um, for example, researchers found that organizations with a widely understood mission and understood values performed better than those without those things. 
Now, I'm sorry, forgive me, but doesn't that seem obvious? I mean, it's not hard for me to ex- imagine that people would perform better or be more effective and happier um, when they agree to work towards a meaningful goal and to work towards the goal while being nice to one another. Right, right. When, when an organization has a reputation for being terrible to its employees, they rarely have a line out the door with folks yelling, pick me, pick me. I right? That doesn't there. happen. Um, but what's puzzling to me is why don't more leaders embrace this? Why don't, uh, why don't leaders get it? Yeah. I mean, I think if we had more leaders who accepted and lived into, right, leaned into their organizational humanity, we would probably have fewer issues in society as a whole. You would think, I mean, people focusing on people. Seems like a no brainer. Um, But I think part of the problem is this is a a fear, an unspoken fear on the part of leadership. Um, I mean, most leaders are people too. I mean, there are a few robots out there. I understand. And, And a few donkeys. Okay. You just can't tell which ones. Or sometimes you can. There's silence. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, for the human side, you know, they, they fear uncertainty and complexity. And they're trying to manage all of this in the context of rapid change. So leaders right now, they have to master all of these technical components, you know, artificial intelligence, automation, uh, new capabilities of organizations, and complications with big data, Um Everyone in the C-suite is steering through privacy concerns, um, economic uncertainty. I mean, it's just crazy. So, you know, with with customer expectations, the human side also encroaching, and then these shifting political winds, it's a lot of dynamic trends that can be pretty darn scary. So what you're saying is that all this means that for executives, there's there's no psychological safe haven, right? There's nowhere to hide from all these pressures. Nowhere to hide. Sorry. Yeah. As as these external threats increase, leaders then are tempted or in fact naturally tend to narrow their focus and lean more exclusively mm-hmm. on what I'll call market-based sort of short-term thinking, right? Scripts. Focusing on quarterly profits rather than long-term investment produces a, a tighter feedback cycle and provides reassurance, you know, Um each of which is heartening in the context of all those things that they're that they're concerned about that they fear, and you can't really blame them. I mean, corporate structures at, at most places reinforce this cycle, um, but it, it can actually get worse than that. I mean, any of these issues are amplified by our current world of social media, where one false move may broadcast far and wide before you know it. I hadn't really thought about the social media bit, but but it's true that you know one thing that goes viral and and you're really you you have the potential to really be in trouble. So this fear we're talking about though probably isn't the only reason why leaders don't work toward more humane organizations. Yeah. The the other issue is that there are no I'll call them salient incentives, right? Incentives mm-hmm. that they really are mm-hmm. are held accountable for that ask them to include human needs in their thinking or their planning or or how in the manner in which they respond to competitive forces. And yet, and yet it's those same humans that they're not thinking about <laughs> who year after year, quarter after quarter are responsible for executing those same business plans or, or failing to. Or not so much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we know that there's a problem. Uh, there's a disconnect between leaders who are humans 
and stakeholders who are humans and organizations being made up of humans and those humans wanting to work at places with values and that value them, but leaders continue to actually dehumanize their employees and their stakeholders. So how do we get a more humane organizations? Firms where humaneness, if you will, is actually at the center. Funny you should ask that. (laughs) When leaders ensure that the organizations they manage actually operate with vision, purpose, and mission, then they and their employees will have sort of the necessary tools to be self-aware and to have those values as a touchstone, to be courageous, um, to work with a collaborative spirit and imagination so that they can serve the many stakeholders that, um, that, that they're in, you know, they're entrusted to serve. So it's kind of like the underlying implications of organizational humanity. I mean, realizing that organizational success is more than those quantitative metrics, those KPIs. And it's a, about realizing that at the core of any organization are those humans that make it happen and who buy the products. Yeah, I think this really gets to the meat of the matter, right? So what does organizational humanity actually look like? What would happen? Like, how would we know that we're in an organization where the employees are connected to purpose and feeling supported? Well, the world would cease to exist and hell would freeze over. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, In all seriousness, there are places out there that operate like this. And um, in this type of organization, from you know what I've read, this hypothetical organization, and there are a few that exist, um, people would are generally or are genuinely at the center. Um, People are inspired, they feel a a physical and psychological safety and, and actual joy. And they actually enjoy some recognition for their contributions and those that are unique to them, not not in comparison with everybody else. Um, And this type of organization isn't just about the bottom line, but it's designed to enrich people's lives. That may seem kind of pie in the sky, but I, I think of it as fostering, I'll call it a deference to expertise, right? Meaning allowing, knowing that you have these decisions to make within the organization, the business decisions. But if you were to allow those decisions to migrate to those with the expertise um, so that you get the best outcome rather than migrate to people who are the right place in the hierarchy, Mm -hmm. you would actually have empowered employees that then use their talents for the betterment of the organization and have that resonance with the mission and values that we've been talking about. Yeah, this sounds a little like crazy talk. But I I think we can break it down into some concrete actions that leaders can do to shape and nurture the organizational humanity for the organizations that they serve. I think when we were talking, we identified three broad sets of actions that can actually help awaken the humanity in our organizations. Um, The first was intentional design or human-centered design. Um, The second is expressing gratitude. And the third and... And final one is putting dignity first. Okay. That, those sound like kind of tall orders. Well, yeah, but then again, that's kind of what we're asking for is a, an aspiration here. It's a, it's a combination of the organizational head and heart, if you will. 
That's nice. I like that. Thank you all for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode of The Mac and Willie Show. Thank you.